I think the biggest question we have about the trade deadline, I do not see the Mariners. Anybody that says Logan, I think Ken Rosenthal said that the Mariners have been promoting or, you know, trying to push and sell at a very high price for Logan Gilbert. I don't really believe that. Um, now, as far as Teo Hernandez and Paul Seawald, I could see either of them getting moved, but I think that has to do a lot with the next three days, four days, four games. Like, we got four games, right, until then? And both, I think, would be guys that maybe their price goes up the closer and closer to the deadline. So I think they'll be there through the weekend, but I could see one of them going. I I also could see them staying, but uh, particularly I want to talk about Paul Seawald. You know, it would be a very unpopular move whether the Mariners win or lose this weekend and, and, and in the first game with Boston as well. But we saw one of the most emotionally gratifying victories by the Mariners in 2021 and we traded Kendall Graveman we basically said get out of the get out of this locker room and go over there against the team we're playing we were playing the Houston Astros the hated Houston Astros you remember that my question to you is could you see Kendall Graveman be uh, could you see Paul Seawald could you see Paul Seawald being a potential Kendall Graveman 2.0. And what I mean by that is an unpopular move because you're promoting younger pitchers or depth in your bullpen that, you know, to be fair, even though I think that trade was dumb, you know, because we didn't get anything out of it, the bullpen didn't suffer I will say this. So, as you know, during the deadline, if players get acquired to a certain team, it sometimes can add a spark to a team. You kind of seen that last year with Santana. Um, and like you mentioned, it can be a detriment to a team in the, in the sense of Graveman. Um, after the Graveman deal, yeah, there was a lot of negativity. But soon after... They bounced back. They played well, but they still did not play well enough to make the playoffs. No. So, and my other thought then would be with Seawald is he's probably the most valuable asset that you have on your team. Like you mentioned before and earlier in the podcast, relief pitchers go, closers go, and they go for a lot. And with Paul Seawald having a year remaining on his contract, so the uh, – if he was acquired, they would have him for this year and next year. That means something and can get you something for it. So I watched an interview about two days ago on Foul Territory with Paul Seawald, very candid, and he knows that his name's out there. He hopes to be in Seattle, but he realizes that there's a possibility that he could be gone. I honestly don't know what the right decision is. I would I, I would like to see Paul Seawaltz stay with us. I think he's a quality arm. Um, 
you know, we lost Swanson last year. It hasn't really depleted us that much. But this year with a lot of bullpen injuries and knowing that Seawald is part of your big three in the back end in crucial situations along with Brash, who was in that position as a closer at times, did not succeed. You have Munoz, who's been really good at times. And, you know, when put in that pressure situation, because it's totally different in the ninth inning when the game's on the line and you got to get three outs. You didn't get it done in this series against the Twins. It takes a certain type of pitcher and a certain type of mentality to have a closer that can perform in that type of pressure pack situations. And Paul Seawald has shown that. I don't know if they were to move him if we have someone in this organization that can take over. Yeah, stuff-wise, sure. But mentality and moxie and being able to go out there and be mentally tough. And if you walk a guy or if you give up a base hit to still clamp down and get the job done, I'm not sure we have that. I just, I have to say, if we're still contending this year and you and we're going after it, He's going to be on this team if I'm making the call. If it's, you know, we might be seven games out, eight, you know, by Tuesday morning. And if that's the case, then I would, you know, sell to the highest bidder because he is 33. And we do have a lot of strong arms in the bullpen, a lot of young arms. I mean, we just brought up Prelander. We bring people up, you know, every other week and they don't hurt the Mariners or we get a good run out of them. I d obviously, that's a strong point of the Mariners to the point that we're converting good starters that we've drafted into bullpen guys because we're so strong on the front end. Um, so, yeah, if we're going after it, he's got to be on this team. If we're not, if we're retreating, and we're, I think it's a white flag if we get rid of him. I don't know if there's any other way you can sell it unless you're getting, like, proven bats. Not a Abraham Toro. You know, not somebody that's like, hey, this guy is playing behind, you know, Bergman, Correa, and Altuve. You know, okay, I, I get how you could sell that to us. And to be honest, he, he did find that towards the end of the year. But we were missing... Kendall Graveman because we could even shorten the game even a whole nother inning back then and so I think it was a bad trade at the time yeah Kendall Graveman would have been gone at the end of the year but we didn't get much back for it um, as far as tail as far as tail again if we're going after it why not just keep him he's a rental we already knew he was a rental for this year uh, Jerry says he doesn't like to use that word. He wants to call it blah, 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 blah. It's a rental. And, again, a little bit different situation, but if we are going after it, we need more offense. So why would you get rid of Teof if you need more offense? So I kind of see both of those guys staying with the Mariners if, we're going after it, and if we're trading anybody, it's definitely going to be those fringe guys, like, I believe, like, the Tremels, um, maybe even, like, a, a Cade Marlowe, you know. I don't feel like Jared Kilnick's probably going to go anywhere. We got Class A. 
we also got Emerson Hancock down there. I mean, I could see them maybe moving those guys if we're going after it this year. That's that's my feeling behind what's going on out there. No, I I I, I take a lot of your points and agree with them, especially on the Seawald situation. Teo, like you mentioned, yeah, he's signed up through this year. He could receive the qualifying offer. Um, if he doesn't take it, um, the Mariners would get a draft pick. But it's hard to say. I, I have no idea what the Mariners are up to. Um, you mentioned talking through the Jerry DePoto show. You know, has it come down to these last three games and a Boston game before they make a decision? It's hard to say. Um, you know, Ken Rosenthal came out with his latest article. I mean, he mentions that everybody needs starting pitching. The Mariners have a plethora of it. They're really good at developing it. He mentioned their Mariners are going to sell high if they are truly going to sell a guy. He mentioned a few teams that are listed as possible matches. Obviously, the Cardinals, who've been talked about, would maybe possibly Logan Gilbert, Miller, maybe Wu, and then as well as a couple other teams in the Rays and the Orioles, and then the D-backs, who I've heard that could be a fit for Paul Seawald. So there is the possibility if the Mariners have a rough series, you could see Paul Seawald maybe just switch dugouts, very similar to the Kendall Graveman thing, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, and then Teo, I mean, that's up in the air. It's all going to depend on what the Mariners think, what their record is, and it's so funny that it could come down to three games. You know, we've talked about how month after month after month, from April up until now, the Mariners' record has been, you know, two games above, two games below. They've been 500 at least 22 times this year. <laughs> so it's really hard to say. There's teams ahead of you in the wild card. Um, you're six you're I believe six games back, six and a half games back in the wild card right now. No, we are we are four and a half in the wild card. Correct. It's seven and a half in the West. Yeah. So at the time of this recording. Yeah. So and there's a lot of teams in, in this situation. So you saw what Anaheim did. Um it's hard to say. The Mariners obviously have talked about they don't want to, you know, they're not at a point, and I don't believe they're at a point, to sell on the future to get somebody big to push them over the top. They have many holes in that right now. So anything can happen in my mind as far as the Mariners' trades. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think anything can happen and nothing can happen. I could also see... And not be so up in arms if we don't do anything. And because, yes, we've been 500 and 900 times this season. We've been a game up, a game down, a couple of games back, a couple of games up. You know, Paul Abdul, two steps forward, two steps back. And like making a knee-jerk reaction and buying big and buying rentals doesn't make sense. It doesn't sound like from the DePoto show that he's he's been pretty adamant like hey we're, they're not going to do that. But as far as grabbing somebody like a Luis Castillo where you're bringing him over has a little bit of change on his on the end of his 
contract to try to re-sign him. I don't know who's out there that we could we could get that. Um, yeah, I, I don't see a Luis Castillo type deal being made by no, the Mariners like no. it was made last year. No, and once you can pull something off like that, I think it, you get one of those for a while, and then the rest of the league is pretty smart. Yeah, to that. but as a Mariners fan, I mean. That sucks, and I don't want them to do that at the deadline. I want them to do that in free agency to add. And that's a Me different too. story that we've talked about. Yeah, they, they could have, should have, would have. Look at Cody Bellinger, guy that we passed up. But we could, we, we've been down Katie that. Katie Martinez, yeah, we've we've driven it into the ground. We've been down that road so many times. You know, the the, ty- the tires are bare, uh, you know, on this episode about that, on, on this podcast about that. But, uh, again, I could see them doing – Nothing because of them being where they are, them being in this, we're in the worst spot. We could be three games, two games out by the end of, you know, the deadline. We could be seven games. We're in this position where I think we, there's, we're still not definite buyers and we're still not definite sellers. I know the Mariners made a small trade. Um, they bring in a pitcher that it seems like, from what I'm hearing, is that is going to be more of a, you know, that this guy's supposed to be like a, um, you know, maybe a spot starter, maybe some uh, long relief. Um, they move Marco Gonzalez to the 60-day uh, IL. And just for people out there that are like, well, 60-day IL, that means he's not coming back. No, it's retroactive, right, Hanno, to the date that – that you got on the injury list. Correct. So he essentially could come back at any point, but he has not started any sort of pitching program or throwing program, so it seems uh, unlikely right now. I think that's just, you know, I don't know if you can really move uh, Marco Gonzalez in that contract. I would doubt it. Yeah, um, you don't, I don't see Marco Gonzalez being traded being injured i've never seen anything like that and you mentioned thornton he's 29 uh the option to triple a in four relief appearances this season with toronto um he went 0-0 with a 169 era uh one walk five strikeouts and 22 appearances uh, excuse me in his 22 appearances with triple a he was five and one with a 418 era with 18 walks 26 strikeouts and he got designated for assignment so the mariners picked him up uh traded away mccoy and he's a infielder played shortstop for the tacoma rainiers um great defensive player um from what i've read uh thornton i don't know much about uh happened to see a video when he when i was scrolling through um Big surprise. He throws a slider, sweeper-type pitch, something that the Mariners covet. They're good at tweaking, and they like those kind of guys. So it makes sense. Um, I can't give you much more analysis other than that. Yeah, plenty of options left on this guy, too. So that's that, that's like that's something that fits in with us. They heard they, we might expand to a six-man rotation at a certain point in the season. I would assume if we're – white flagging it you'll definitely see that you'll definitely see like who gives a shit throw somebody out there let's save these arms but if we're going after it too you know we got guys that have never pitched this far in their careers and uh yeah but wouldn't you say go after it i mean are we really going after it's different than maybe getting a piece that hopefully will 
you know, give you a spark. Going after it would be the type of deal that the Anaheim Angels made, wouldn't you say? Yeah, Anaheim Angels are going after Otani ain't going anywhere. They're giving up prospects. They got themselves a bullpen guy, uh, a starting pitcher. They paid... You know, a premium price yeah, for it. Yeah, maybe. they're they're two and three prospects in and, the Anaheim's organization. playing really good right now, so you know they're going after it. I just don't see the Mariners going after I it. I feel like here's how the Mariners can go after it: okay. if the guys that are supposed to be where they're at offensively and get to there, we're going after it because the pitching's going to be there. The pitching is going to back you up. So that's why I don't mind, you know, adding too much or giving up too much. If we're going to see them swing the bats like they've swung the bats in the last week. have Can I just be like, hey, because I saw this in the last week, everything is cured. No. But. It's can, trending in the right direction. Yeah, I will and, give you that. And this is a team that is much more recognizable who they were in 2022 and 2021 um 2021 i think was they smoke and mirrors smoke and mirrors overachieving but that attitude was there but you also had guys like the attitude Kyle Seager, and the defense was there you had mitch hanniger a totally different locker room but you had guys like jp that were seeing the way you had guys like ty Seeing the way you you had seeing the way you mean Ty was seeing the ball pretty good hitting the ball pretty good JP no seeing the way seeing how what it's like going down the seeing the oh, way oh okay yeah. now I understand I get you yeah yeah and Jared Kelnick there obviously he's not there but you got guys out in the bullpen you got a few guys that were around from that team it definitely. You know, morphed into what happened last year. We have a lot of guys from last year. We got some new faces too, but um, the backbone of the team, you know, I feel like comes from then. And I just feel like that was the start of the genesis of of this team. He even had guys like Julio who wasn't there in 2021, but he was in the building. Yep, he was he around was. the team. These are the guys that were in camp. These are guys part of the organization. And same thing with with you know the the. The Woos and the Millers and the and the uh, you know Logans and the and you know Logan was there twenty twenty one Kirby was right on the doorstep Brash all these guys so like I I know that the attitude is there and them knowing what to do it's frustrating and very Seattle like <laughs> to be in this situation but we're gonna see what's going on this weekend we gotta wrap this up here. Um, Look, we're down there against the Diamondbacks. They've been in first place almost the whole season until now, pretty much. <laughs> they're three and seven in their last ten, so they're not playing their greatest baseball. This is the time to pounce on them. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, we talked about the Mariners' schedule in the month of July. Our record, excuse me, being third best. Arizona down near the bottom with their record. Mariners get lucky, miss Zach Galen. Uh, all-star started the all-star game in Seattle their number one guy so and like you mentioned they have not played well in their last 10 yeah it's it's time you got to get at least two or three the remaining part of the year and you're gonna have to get some sweeps in there and listen you got to get Castillo some goddamn runs this series absolutely I mean he's been snake bitten you talk to me all the time it's the Felix syndrome and let's hope he does not get snake bitten down there. I think he's I think he's pitching on Sunday. 
probably and hopefully I'm going to say probably because I'm still probably in a situation where we're going to win this series if he if he takes care of business. Yeah, he's pitched well enough to get you the wins. He just hasn't had the run support. And I didn't realize I said snake bitten playing the D-backs and the snakes, is they're called? Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I don't even I don't. if I see a video, I put onward. Kinda. Yeah, it's <laughs> ooh. ooh. So let's just get out of there without getting snake bitten. <laughs>